0: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster. Presented by BetMGM.
1: Top of the, ha- top of the hour here on a Friday edition of the Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins and we've got a boatload of football coming your way in this hour, starting with our six favorite plays in the NFL this weekend. Should be fun trying to handicap a week of the NFL that seemed drunk at times. We saw the Titans winning outright as 14-point dogs. We saw the Raiders scoring 63 points in Thursday night football. So we'll do our best to use logic to pick some winners, despite some of those results that we have seen unfold. Then at 7:20, our best look at teams to make or miss the postseason. There is some value to be had for some teams trending in the right direction and teams that have a good record, but maybe... Don't look as good as that record necessarily indicates. Then at 740, doing our best to handicap the NBA. We've got some big favorites tonight in the association. Can the Pistons make history tonight by losing their 21st straight game? We will see. Uh, But, Jenks, I'm looking at the slate, and does this ever happen to you where, of course, the segment is pick six, but Mm -hmm. I have two games that I really like. But that third spot, mm, it's like a two-star confidence rating for me. Like, do you always have three picks you really like? Or some weeks, is it fewer or more?
0: No. I, every It depends on the slate. Sometimes I, I like every pick that I make. And then sometimes I think, eh, I like a couple this week, but we're doing six, so... Because the college football season, at least the regular season, is over. We're just doing three games, and we'll do them again later on. But I'm kind of I'm kind of like you. I don't always like this. Line. Today, I think it's – I like my picks in the NFL pretty well. But it just depends on week to week. Although, as we always say, the longer the season goes on in the NFL, these are the sharpest lines I feel like that Vegas makes because so many people – bet on the nfl more than any other sport it's not even close and they have so much information at this point that i think it's it's much more difficult to win games when you're betting at this time of year
1: i usually feel more confident when we have a couple of months in the season under our belts because usually you can Mm -hmm. start to see who teams are but this time of year in the nfl especially it feels like we have so many injuries and so many backup quarterbacks that that confidence is almost negated for me.
0: I I don't disagree. And also this year, I think it's tough, too, that we've seen a shift in how the NFL works. So, A, you're talking about backup quarterbacks across the league. B, you're talking about injuries, which are also a concern this time of year. And then, C, we're seeing lower-scoring games across the board, which I know that those will be game-specific, but it's something you have to take into consideration if you're betting totals or if you're looking at player props is that we're not seeing the points put on the board that we've seen in years past. So you take all that, you put it together and it makes for tough sledding.
1: (laughs) Tough sledding. Man, (laughs) I haven't been sledding in forever. We now live on a golf course that has all these hills. And as soon as we moved here, everybody said, oh man, when it snows, the sledding is amazing because we have all these big hills and you can just Mm -hmm. walk right out into the golf course. Obviously, nobody's going to be golfing. When's the last time you got on a sled?
0: You want to know something? I've never been on a sled, ever. Oh. Ever. I know, it's so sad. I grew up in Texas. We didn't get snow. We got snow, and then it would be melted off by noon. I remember playing in the snow, and we built a snowman one time, and that snowman lasted like a day. Now, I've been snow skiing a handful of times, so I can snow ski okay. I've water skied a lot, but I can't. I can't say I've ever been on a sled. And I think that's because I grew up in the heat.
1: Oh, we're going to have to make your Christmas wish come true. We're going to have to find a way to get Michael Jenkins on a sled. But with that same mentality uh, in your mind, do you think it actually makes an impact for players who are not used to playing in the snow? Because this is the time of year where the elements start to kind of rear their head. And we will see the narratives like, okay, warm weather or dome teams playing in the elements is not a team you want to play. Do you believe in that?
0: Yes, absolutely. There are some players, some teams who just respond better to a certain environment because they're accustomed to it or they have to learn to adjust. I think that's part of it, too. It's not just, hey, I grew up in cold weather. Maybe that's part of it. Or also, I've been playing at Lambeau Field for 10 years. I know how cold it gets. I know what I need to do to get my body ready to play. I know what to expect. Mentally, I'll be ready. Whereas if you're the Bucks or you're the Dolphins, you know, one of these warm weather teams and all of a sudden you have to go, or maybe you're a team that plays in a dome at home and all of a sudden in November, December, you have to go to Buffalo or Green Bay or Chicago or someplace where it's really cold and you're not accustomed to doing that. Yeah, I think it's a factor.
1: As somebody who lived in Florida for three years, I can definitely attest to the fact that it does feel colder when you go to other places and it mm-hmm. dips below 50 gr- degrees. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, how do people live in this? Why would you ever move somewhere other than Florida? But I will tell you, I have survived. I have survived 50 <laughs> sub degree weather here in Tennessee, and I am doing just fine. It's all in your brain, it's all in your mind. Uh, I think they can overcome it. But you're right. It does play a factor. All right. So enough yammering about the weather, about sledding. It's time to get to our favorite picks
0: of the slates. Pick six. Pick six. Oh, let's get to it, baby. How's the weather there in Nashville? Is it nice there, Chelsea? Since we're talking about the weather, everything nice there? Having a good day? It's cold? Cold. Oh, yeah, it's cold here, too. Okay. Now we got that out of the way. Let's do it. Double (laughs) G, give me that music. I know you got it for me. Giants plus 6. Oh yeah, in New Orleans. The New York Football Giants after starting the season in a hole turned to Tommy Cutlets. Living with his mother, the Giants quarterback got out of the basement onto the football field to lead his team to glory. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Saints offense came alive last week. <laughs> Who cares? Who ca- They played the Panthers. That's meaningless. I cannot believe the number is this big. I think the Giants could win this game outright. pasta all the way around for all of the fans of the New York Giants. Tommy DeVito in his last three games during this three-game winning streak, five touchdowns, no picks. That has also opened up the running game for Saquon Barkley coming off one of his best outings of the season. The Saints have failed to cover the number in each of their last seven home games following a win. I want to see Tommy celebrate with the family and a home-cooked meal. Giants plus six in the Big Easy.
1: Ooh, now I'm hankering for some pasta. Might have to go to the Mm. Olive Garden tonight. I do have a gift card that I need to use uh, there at the Olive Garden. But I like this one a lot in what world should the Saints be laying six points to anybody? Like, that's the bottom line to me. They don't feel trustworthy as that big of a favorite, so I'll be with you. 1 p.m. start in the East uh, between the Giants and Saints on Sunday. Pick six. Pick six.
0: Pick six. <laughs> <laughs> Pick
1: six. Pick six.
0: <laughs> Pick six. Pick
1: We're good at this. We are nailing this.
0: Happy birthday, Jesus.
1: (laughs) God, the amount of time we've spent making fun of my daughter singing. I'm the worst, but it was very funny. Uh, Anyways, back to the pick. The pick fix. Uh, Time to get to the Rams. Laying six and a half against the commanders. This screams bad matchup for Washington. This is a commander's team that's giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks of any team in the NFL. And now they're catching a Rams offense that's really trending in the right direction. The Rams offense has scored 30 plus points in three straight games. Matt Stafford, who has won a Super Bowl, by the way, and nobody's talking about him this year. During that stretch of three games, he has 10 touchdowns to only one pick. He gets a very leaky Washington secondary here. Cooper Cup is healthy. Puka Nakua is healthy. Kyron Williams has been fantastic as their young running back in this offense as well. And plus, look at the commanders. Normally, I would say a team coming off a bye week would be in a better position. But when you're just sitting around thinking about the terrible season you've had, I don't think a bye week is necessarily an advantage. So I'll take the Rams here, land six and a half at home against the commanders.
0: Good luck, Chelsea. I, I, you know, I love my commanders, but you are absolutely right. That Commanders secondary is so bad. So I think you got it right here. Rams commanders kick off at 405 in the East in LA on Sunday. Pick six, pick six. All right, guys, let's go back here. It's the Battle of the Bays. You know what I'm talking about. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. I'm laying three with the Packers, minus 128. Gonna buy the hook. I think this is a big overreaction from what we saw on Monday night when the Packers lost. There's a narrative built. Fans buy into it. They fail to see the whole picture. And the big picture is Jordan Love is a better quarterback at home. Look at the splits. A much better quarterback. And it probably wouldn't matter either way because the Buccaneers' pass defense is really bad. Bottom five in the league. I also, we were just talking about this, Chelsea. I also like the fact we're talking about a Tampa Bay squad playing at Lambeau Field in December. I did a little forecast that I might not have an AMS seal. High of 39 at Lambeau this weekend. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, the Bucs ain't ready for that. Packers minus three in Lambeau.
1: Ooh! Uh, all right. So if you do want to watch that one, the Battle of the Bay, as Jenks called it. We'll have to adopt that from here on out. Uh, that game, a one Eastern kick on Sunday in Green Bay.
0: Pick six. Pick six.
1: All right. I'm going to be taking the Bengals minus three at home against the Vikings. The Vikings have announced that it's going to be Nick Mullins starting instead of Josh Dobbs during their recent stretch where the offense has been absolutely abysmal. Meanwhile, on the other end, the Bengals have uh, seen a lot from their backup quarterback in Jake Browning. He can at least get the ball down the field to one of his targets, who are some of the best receivers in the league, Jamar Chase, uh, T Higgins, you name it, they got it. And I know that Jordan Jefferson is returning in this game but i don't think it's enough i still like the Bengals and the better quarterback here because as we learned last night in thursday night football it does not matter how good the receivers are if you don't have a viable quarterback throwing you the ball so nick mons i'm gonna take the other side i'm gonna go with the Bengals here laying three at home against the vikings
0: chelsea once again I'm on the same side as you. If you want to check out the game, it is an early kickoff, 1 o'clock in the East on Sunday. Vikes and Bengals and Cincy. Pick six. Pick six. Oh, you are reading this right. Titans. Chelsea's Titans minus two and a half hosting the Texans. I'm going to back Chelsea's team here. The Texans are so banged up right now. Tank Dell out. Nico Collins, questionable, hasn't been practicing this week. C.J. Stroud has been in concussion protocol all week long. I think we get Davis Mills. Eh. Short week for Tennessee, I get that. But they've got a lot of momentum after that incredible comeback victory. And Tennessee is also the third best covering team in the NFL when playing at home this season. They are 4-1 and one against the number. It's below the key number of three. Texans just aren't ready. They're banged up. Tennessee wins and they cover the number Titans minus two and a half in Nashville.
1: (sighs) I hope you're right, but this is a Titans team that has really struggled against the Texans. In fact, Davis Mills, their backup quarterback, has beaten the Titans twice uh, during his career. So all of the numbers certainly point to the Titans, and I totally get your logic, but there's a reason Mm -hmm. I'm not picking a side in this one. Divisional game, Texans always play us tough. I'm going to go with the over here over 37 this feels like a very low number for like i said a texans team that has put up points on the titans in years past even with backup quarterbacks uh so davis mills i feel like is a viable backup he's somebody who at least has experience and also on the Titans side of the ball will levis has finally gotten the handcuffs off in this offense they're letting him throw the ball uh they were talking about on the radio this week that I don't think we'd ever see a game where Ryan Tannehill was allowed to throw the ball like 32 times. Will Levis is doing just that. And we saw what he did in the final minutes of that game against the Dolphins. I think this game is going to be very back and forth. And I think that translates to more points, especially when you have a total this love between two secondaries. They're bottom 10 in the league, the Titans, uh, fourth worst secondary in the league. You're looking at the Texans, who have been really uh, generous to opposing quarterbacks as well. Seventh most passing yards allowed of any te- defense in the NFL. So I like the over, even despite two quarterbacks who are quote unquote backups. Let's go, Will Levis. I hope we win but I'll just be rooting for some points between the Titans and the Texans. If you do want to watch it, I will be forced to because I live in their coverage. Uh, That's a Sunday (laughs) kick, 1 Eastern. All right, coming up next on the show, time to dive in to the playoff odds. Who's making, who's missing, and who's still in the hunt that maybe we believe in. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network and we are back on a friday good morning it is friday december the 15th where did the time go i feel like just yesterday i was pining for the christmas season i thought to myself oh my god is november almost over but now we're smack dab in the middle of december christmas is what 10 days away
0: yeah i finally finished christmas shopping yesterday finally so i'm done Everything has been ordered. It will be delivered in time. We just finished our Christmas decorations yesterday and we should have gotten these things up earlier, but we had the tree up. We're just adding some stuff around the house. I guarantee this is gonna last through January because we were putting this stuff up so late, but we're gonna finish it tonight. And we have a Christmas party tonight. We'll get it done this afternoon. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, it just snuck up on us. I looked down, I'm like, oh my God, it's here.
1: I know it's getting late quick uh, to finish all of your Christmas activities and also for some of these teams to reach the playoffs. In just a few minutes, we'll Mm -hmm. go over uh, the odds over at BetMGM for teams to make or miss the postseason, trying to find some value there, maybe some teams that are trending in the right direction that you can get for plus money to make the postseason. But before we get into that, I have a very important discussion that I think we need to partake in, and it is the power rankings for Christmas cookies. This is the time of year where it feels like you got to at least eat three cookies a week. I just went to a Christmas play yesterday, and they had a whole tray of cookies available for the eaten. And, of course, whenever something is free, it means it's for me. So I took at least, like, four. Uh, but I was going to ask you, what are your favorite types of Christmas cookies? Because I have a very distinct hmm. set of power rankings. Uh, so I was going to ask you the same question.
0: Well, I don't have the power rankings you have but I like a good sugar cookie. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge, and I know people take sugar cookies and they decorate them. I am i don't like too much icing. I like some, but I don't like it caked on. So as long as there's a sugar cookie with not too much icing, I'm about that. I like gingerbread cookies. I feel like I only have them during the Christmas season. And it's such, I, and I always forget, dude, I love gingerbread cookies. So that's number one with a bullet for me. And maybe it's just because I never have them outside of Christmas.
1: I've actually had some really good gingerbread cookies from the store. And normally store-bought cookies aren't that great because, number one, they're not mm-hmm. fresh out of the oven, and number two, they're not always soft. I am somebody who likes a good soft cookie. I don't like yeah. the crunchy nonsense. Like, whoever likes Chips Ahoy, what are you doing? Those don't even taste like cookies. Do you like soft cookies or do you like the crunchy ones?
0: No, now don't get me wrong. I'll eat a hard cookie. I'll eat a cookie, no matter what it is, but... <laughs> But cookies still terrible. Cook- oh, this mm, this cookie's so bad. It's not as it's not as soft as I like. I'm just going to put it away. No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm with you. A good soft cookie especially if maybe you heat a chocolate chip cookie or something like that and it's right That's warm right out of the oven. Oh man, you can just destroy those. So I'm totally with you there.
1: Okay, I've buried the lead. Let's do the power rankings for me for Christmas right. cookies. Number Let's 1 on the list is going to be sugar cookies that are homemade. With a thin layer of icing and sprinkles. I think you hit the nail on the head by saying the ratio of frosting to cookie is very important. And, you know, making the perfect cookie, I don't like too much frosting because you wanna taste the cookie. Obviously, yeah. number two on the list is gonna be snickerdoodles. I remember making these with my grandma. And of course, it has some sentimental meaning, but still, a combination of cinnamon and sugar. During the holidays, these smell amazing, and especially when they're freshly baked out of the oven. So that's number two for me. And number three, you mentioned it. I'm gonna go gingerbread here, especially when it's cooked correctly. Hard gingerbread cookies, no. The ones that Mm. you can put on the tree or make houses out of, absolutely not. Have you ever tried to eat the gingerbread that people make houses out of? It tastes terrible. So that's gonna do it for me. My power rankings for Christmas cookies.
0: Do you like making gingerbread houses? Because I find it <sighs> maddening. The lovely Catherine was like, hey, do you want to make a gingerbread house? And I said, oh, honey. No. No. I said, if you, re- I said, if you really want to do it, then we'll do it. And I will, I will buy in. But I feel like that's one of those things that it- – there are a lot of things out there, and this is one of them, which are great in theory – but not great in practice, right? They're just great in theory. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to make a gingerbread house? Doesn't that sound wonderful this time of year? It could be cute. Yeah, it sounds great. And then you try it and you're like, God, this sucks. I'd rather, you know, put together a thousand piece puzzle things keep falling over. It doesn't look great. This looks like a rundown condo unit. What is this? So (laughs) I, I stay away from the making of the gingerbread houses. I avoid that at all costs. It sounds great. It sounds wonderful, but when you do it and who actually make, I don't know anyone who actually makes a great gingerbread house. It's like, is that a, is that a tool shed? Is that a garage? No, it's a gingerbread. Oh, oh, I thought it was, that was a shed with some snow on top. It never works out well. I stay away from that.
1: It never looks good. And it feels like you have to have a degree in engineering from MIT to understand how to put it together. I think mean, that's right. the most maddening part is that it never yeah. stays together unless you buy like the pre-bought ones where at that point, what are you doing? Just decorating it. And that's yeah. another thing that looks so easy on those baking shows. You're like, oh, my God, that decorating looks terrible. That looks like a preschooler did it. And then you yeah. try to do it yourself. and You're like, oh, my God, this is hard. Have yeah. you ever tried to decorate like any kind of cookie or cake? and make it look professional, it never works.
0: Yeah, like if I'm doing a gingerbread house, it always looks jank. It's like, why are there (laughs) five candy canes on the inside of this house? I'm like, I'm trying to keep these walls up, that's why. I don't know how to do it. You don't want me decorating a cake, especially if I had to spell something. Have you ever tried? I can't even write regular cursive now. Remember when cursive was a thing? I bet they don't even teach that anymore. I used to have beautiful cursive. Now my cursive looks like I just learned yesterday. I forget how to... Draw certain letters. So I'm supposed to decorate something using what? A little frosting squeeze apparatus and spell something on top of a cake? No way.
1: No, uh, I can't even write with like a pencil. Like I don't ever (laughs) write anymore. Obviously, everything's on our phones. So you expect me to do that activity with frosting? No, it's not going to look good. So that's my spiel on gingerbread houses. Clearly, we are not for them. So if you wanna do yeah. it and you have a great one, go ahead and send them to us. Prove us wrong, yeah. tweet at us, at JinxDC, at Chelsea Messenger. We would love to see your gingerbread houses along with your winning <laughs> parlays because I get those all the time. Oh, look at this parlay I hit. Congratulations, I went 0-2 last night. I love that when people like tweet you their winning plays when you had a terrible line, it's like, thanks. Makes me feel a lot better. All right, so let's look to the futures market and see if we can build our house with the money that we made, betting on these teams to make or miss the postseason. So right now, over at BetMGM, we've got some odds for you. Let's look in the ASC first for the battle for some of these wild card spots. Right now, looking at the Steelers, who are actually in the sixth place right now, they're plus 200 to make the postseason. Clearly not a lot of love for a Steelers offense that's been really bad. They're minus 250 to miss the postseason. Then you're looking at the Colts. They're plus 110 to make the postseason, minus 130 to miss. Looking at a Texans team that just lost their quarterback to the concussion protocol, they're minus 105 to make the postseason, minus 115 to miss. Jenks, when you look at these odds, are there any teams that kind of pique your interest here?
0: Bills! Go, Bills, we're with you, fight, Bills. Can we pull that up again from Marvel? (laughs) Remember the Bills fight song? (laughs) Bills, yeah, come on, to make the playoffs, plus 115? Go, Bills, we're with you, fight, Bills. Come on. Let's go, Buffalo. Why not? little plus money. They're in a must-win situation. They're favored this weekend over Dallas. They have the talent to do it. I have a sneaking feeling. Buffalo is going to find a way. Into the playoffs. I think they are. And at plus my hey, these odds keep shortening. Each passing week. They had to have that win over Kansas City. They got it. I think they beat Dallas. They're in Buffalo this weekend. Gonna be cold in Orchard Park. Go Bills.
1: God, I hope the Bills make the postseason. I want to see a mm. rematch of the Bills and the Chiefs, where Josh Allen gets yeah. to go up to Patrick Holmes and say something, you know, in his ear that maybe he doesn't like. That was not very fair, but you're right. I do think the Bills are a team that's trending in the right direction, and also Mm -hmm. they have had the potential all season long. I think this is where you can really find value when you look at teams who have been underachieving in respect to the level of the talent that they have on their team because that's the thing about the Bills. They are wildly inconsistent, but when they are playing at their best, They can beat just about anybody. You look at their schedule, they've got several winnable games. And, of course, the big one at the end of the season that may be deciding the AFC East is that rematch against the Dolphins. And last time around, the Bills were really good against the Dolphins, beat them by 20. So the rest of the schedule goes like this. This weekend, we've got the Cowboys at home uh, for the Bills. They've got the Chargers Need I say more about the Chargers? Feels like a winnable game for the Bills. Then they have the Patriots, and like I said, the Dolphins. So I'd be with you there on the the Bills. And plus, we have seen this line drop significantly. We were just talking mm-hmm. about the odds for the Bills to win the AFC East. It was three to one a few days ago. Now this is down to like plus one ten, something around that. So clearly, some people are buying in to the Buffalo Bills. Let's switch gears and go to the NFC, uh, the battle for the wild card over at MGM. Here are some of the odds. Uh, Looking at the seventh-place Packers, sitting at 6-7 and right now, plus money to make the postseason, plus 105 to miss, minus 125. The Rams are a team that I do find very interesting. They are plus 185 to make the postseason. It's a team that has a solid quarterback, one of the best receivers in the league, And Kyron Williams, their running back, has been operating at a really high level as well. But they're minus 225 to miss the postseason. A lot of that probably has to do with the fact that they play in the same division as the Niners. They're not winning their division. They got to get a wild card spot. Jenks, when you look at the NFC, are there any teams that seem interesting to you?
0: I'll tell you who I think is interesting is the Rams. I don't know if I want to put money on it. But at plus 185, I think they get a win this weekend over the Commanders. I think we both agree that they win and cover that six-and-a-half-point spread. They're playing way above their talent level. This is one of Sean McVay's best jobs as a head coach, honestly. It's all relative. You can't just say, oh, they're six and seven. Yeah, this was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the National Football League. And the fact that they're even in the conversation right now is pretty remarkable. And it shows you how good of a head coach Sean McVay is. And... Remember early in the year, we didn't know if Sean McVay was going to return to L.A. or not. He thought about just taking a year off or walking away from the game for a while. Thought about it and said, no, I'm back in. He has done a great job with a team that has a lot of top-level talent. And then it kind of drops off. But Puka Nuchua has been a revelation receiver. Matt Stafford still as tough as nails getting it done. And I think the Rams could be a real problem. They will be that classic team that is going to be a hard out if they make the postseason. They're that team that, mm-hmm. yeah, we should probably win, but the Rams are going to play us really tough. And at plus 185, I think they can make a run. I'd go L.A. here.
1: Yeah, and especially when you look at the rest of their schedule. Of course, they have the Commanders at home this week. Feels like a win a game. Then you get the Saints at home, the Giants on the road, and then yeah. you finish with the Niners. Don't think they're winning that one, but still, that feels like three extra wins that the Rams could most definitely – Add to their list. So I feel like the Rams are definitely a team to watch. Are you a believer in the Packers? This is a team that I go back and forth on. And I think when you have a young quarterback, that's kind of how it goes. You'll see flashes of great things like we've seen from Jordan Love. And then you will see little pockets where they kind of regress back to the mean. Saw a loss to the Giants. Do you believe in the Vikings moving forward? Or I mean, excuse uh, me,
0: Packers. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I like the Packers. I think this is a good spot. I think the Packers, again, I like them to beat the Bucs this weekend. I, I have been very impressed with Jordan Love. And I think he's starting to solidify himself as the quarterback of the future. And if you think that sounds like an obvious statement, just go back to a few weeks ago when the Packers GM was like, eh, we don't know. He was asked about Jordan Love, and he said, we'll see. We haven't made a decision. But he has gotten better as the season has gone on and remember when they went to new york that was a perfect letdown spot for the packers where it was in prime time they played really well they played flawless football and so we expected a little bit of positive regression but i think there's value in the packers as well it's only plus 105 but it is still plus money
1: all right here is a big reach and Mm -hmm. it is plus money and big plus money for a reason the Bengals are plus 325 to make the postseason. Ooh. Right now, it looks like they are playing in the most difficult division in football, the AFC North, where they have a winning record, 7-6, and six, but they're tied for last place in that division. If you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got the Vikings, they've got the Steelers, they've got the Chiefs, and then they have the Browns that they at least get to play in Cincinnati. Is there any way the Bengals get into the postseason?
0: I mean, Jake Browning has been a lot better than we thought, right? He's proven Mm -hmm. that he can lead this team. I think the the Bengals are worth that that sprinkle. If you just want to put a little bit on one team at a lot of plus money, just in case the Bengals would probably be that squad.
1: Here's the problem I have with putting a sprinkle on the Bengals. I already have a ton of futures on the Bengals that I went super in on when Joe Burrow was still healthy. And all of those bets stare at me in the face every day when I open my sportsbook app so I don't think I can bet any more money on the Bengals my heart will not allow it all right uh, after the break here on the daily tub time to switch gears to basketball can we pick some winners in the NBA we'll try
0: Let's get back to the daily tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM
1: on the Bet QL Network. All right, we are back. Friday edition, the good times edition. I don't know what Jenks called it, but I liked it. It was catchy. We'll have to bring it back. <laughs> what did you say?
0: It's uh, the Friday morning good time edition.
1: Ooh. That makes me instantly feel better. And I'll tell you one thing. I am not great at bringing the positivity to our morning show. And I know most morning shows, like, that's their thing. It's like, wake up with, you know, Buster and Dave, and we're going to do crazy hijinks. And I'm just like, can you believe this bet lost by the hook? God, this day is the worst.
0: Chelsea, you know what Buster and Dave should do? (laughs) They should open a place where they have video games and food. I don't know what they'd call it. I don't know. Buster and Dave. They'll come up with something. But I feel like these guys could be on, you know, they could be onto a huge business idea if they plan it out the right way.
1: (laughs) What I think about Dave and Buster's all the time is that this used to be the spot where, like, the Titans players would hang out. Mm -hmm. And uh, Vince Young would go there. And in Mm -hmm. fact, I don't know if you remember all the drama with Steve McNair, but that's where I believe his like mistress worked. I don't know why Titans players chose this as their hangout, but big fans of the Dave and Busters in Nashville. This is where they all used to hang out.
0: What I always think of when I think of Dave and Busters is a former coworker of mine, my friend Kelly Johnson, who is one of the best journalists I've ever worked with. And she worked here in DC. She worked at CSN Houston. She worked at NBC Bay Area. And she has come back to the East Coast a couple times. So I've seen Kel a couple times in the past few months. But we've known each other forever since we were in Austin together. And I remember one night we would just hang out. And she was like, do you want to go to Dave and Buster's? And I was like, sure. And so I remember we were going to play a skiing game. You know, where you you get on those those little platforms and you lean one way or the other like you're skiing downhill. And I thought, all right, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna show her, and she whipped my ass. And what I didn't know about Kelly is that she played college basketball at Idaho, and forever, like for 10, 15 years, held the Idaho Vandals women's basketball record for three pointers made in a season. So she's super athletic, and she crushed me at that game and that's what I always think about I think about taking a huge huge L at Buster and Dave's from Dave and Buster's
1: <laughs> Buster and Dave's what Buster was your game choice growing up I think we all had like a certain game at the arcade that we liked the most I think mine mm-hmm. was always skee-ball the one that had like the little oh, rings yeah. and you would try to get it in that was my favorite do you have one that you were particularly skilled at
0: yeah Galaga That's old school, though. Nobody plays Galaga anymore. I could crush me some Galaga, baby. You've never heard of Galaga? Galaga is a very early 80s classic video game console. You would go into the arcade and play. But it's got a lot of run recently because it's it's a a classic arcade game. If you talk about Pac-Man or Centipede or... Pong, some of these early iteration Space Invaders, some of these early, early video games that caught the attention of everyone. Galaga was definitely one of them. And I, I could play some Galaga. Galaga?
1: What's it like about? Like what's the plot?
0: Oh, you would be so bored. It's like a an upgraded <laughs> version of Space Invaders. Yeah. It's like they upgraded more movement, different it wasn't so static. It's it's hard. This is the kids would be like, this is the game you were good at. Dude, I'm playing Call <laughs> of Duty and I've got five of my buddies on a headset here and we're about to invade a territory in the Middle East. And you're talking about this game. It's, it's not exciting, Chelsea, I can assure you.
1: I'll say this about today's video games. Why do the graphics need to be so good? Like, do I really need to sw- see the sweat beating off the NBA player's face? Huh. That's one complaint I do no. have. Like, let's keep the filters on. I think at times it looks too realistic. Have you seen some of the graphics now?
0: Oh, I, I don't even know the difference. By the way, shout out to Double D. When I mentioned Gallica, he put in all caps, greatest game ever. Thank you, Double D. I, I love Galaga. <laughs> the <sighs> old guys to get together. I played Pong one time and I beat a guy 10-3 and it was the best moment of my life. Boop.
1: I'm so sorry Boop. I wasn't alive to realize Boop. the greatness of Gattaca. Gallica.
0: Gallica. Oh, God. Let's get it right. Danica Gallica. <laughs> God. Matt says it's like playing a book which sounds like exactly oh. what I would expect from someone who's younger. They'd be like are you <laughs> kidding? Which I, that doesn't even insult me. I'm like I, of course you feel this way. I get it. But no, I look at the graphics now. I'm like I don't know is this, I It's so realistic, it blows my mind, which is a credit to these developers who do amazing work. I couldn't, I won't let myself play video games because I know myself and I would get too into it. Like I'm already on my phone too much. I'm already on my computer. The last thing I need is another screen in front of me. And I would do it and I, I just couldn't do it. I won't let myself do it. But yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have time for video games. Like, sounds great, but don't think I will be partaking. But I will say, one of the better video games from my childhood was NBA 2K. Like, ooh, when the ball was turning to fire, he's on fire. That was one of my favorites. So, let's switch gears to the NBA and see if we can catch fire on some of these bets. So, let's start off with the Pistons and the 76ers. Ooh. The Pistons have now lost 21 straight games. So, Jenks, you were just talking about possibly adding this game to a parlay, but the Pistons, or excuse me, the Sixers are minus 1,600 on the money line. They're laying 16 and a half points. 235 and a half is your total. What could go wrong? Is there a way that the Pistons win this game?
0: No, negatory Ghost Rider. They are not going to win. There's 16.5-point dogs. Holy crap. Detroit plays defense. Wait, let me take that back. They don't play defense. 25th overall. They lost in Detroit, the Pistons did, to these very same 76ers by 18. The Pistons are not going to win this game. I I can't lay 16.5. This could be a late cover, but I'm going to parlay. I'm going huge on my card tonight. And I'm putting in an NBA bet. And it's going to be – it was going to be a three-team Moneyline parlay. And you convinced me to take this bad boy out of the mix, which I understand. I get it. I guess there's a shot. There's always a shot. It's the NBA. But there's no way I'm waking up tomorrow and I'm seeing Detroit over Philly. I, I, I just cannot fathom that.
1: Well, the NBA sometimes is wild like that. Like, I don't foresee yeah. it happening either. It just did not – feel like a smart bet to me to put it in the parlay Mm -hmm. when it's only giving you like a little bit more odds and like a little less juice on your bet. A trend that I've been following, and whenever you play star players, you're not getting a ton of value, but Joel Embiid has been on fire as of late. Uh, In his last four games, he scored 50, 38, 34, and 41 last time around against the Pistons. And you can say, okay, well, two of those games were against the Wizards but this game is against the Pistons so it's not like he's playing a better team in this regard uh, so last time around like I said scored 37 against the Pistons he's had a night off because if this was a back-to-back I would not expect him you know to have a big mm-hmm. night he might be taken out of this game early but his points prop is 34 and a half I feel like these are the games where Joel Embiid can pad his stats we know that the narrative is about him and his MVP season last year is something that he thinks about. So I feel like this is a good play for Joel Embiid against a terrible Pistons team that has not been good at defending opposing centers. All right, let's go to a game with a tighter spread. Let's go to the Magic and the Celtics. Celtics laying six and a half here, total of 222 and a half. When we're talking about NBA betting, it feels like the Magic have been one of those teams that people really like to bet on. And for good reason, Mm -hmm. they've been a good covering squad. So Jenks, are you on the magic here?
0: Yeah, I'll take the magic. I always get a little nervous when you're in Boston, taking on the Celtics because they can explode at any time. But there's a lot of reasons why you would lean towards Orlando here. They've won five straight. Mm -hmm. They've won 11 of their last 13 overall. They have the third best defense in the league. And as far as covering the number, One of the best in the league. In fact, second best only to the Nets in the NBA. 17-6 and against the spread this season. Yeah, Magic. Plus six and a half. Let's do it.
1: I feel like I almost have to double check this because I'm not believing it. It looks to me, according to my notes, that the Magic have Mm -hmm. won four straight against the Celtics. I'm not sure what this is, if somebody was missing from the lineup in some of these games, but still the magic have been a tough out against the Celtics. So when you mm-hmm. see this team getting six and a half on the road here, I feel like that's the play, especially a team that's been great against covering, or excuse me, great at covering numbers, 10 and three against the spread in their last 13. Uh, you look at the Celtics, a team that's one of the best teams in the NBA, but sometimes the spreads are a little too high. Four and eight against the spread in their last 12 games. So I will take the magic here. I like them getting six and a half, and traditionally they've matched up pretty well against uh, the team from Boston. Next up, Lakers Spurs. We have the Spurs who have now lost 18 straight games, but they're getting seven and a half at home against the Lakers. Total of 233 and a half. Is there a way that you back the Spurs here? Or is it the leg show?
0: Here's what we're going to do, Chelsea. Okay. We're going to go Lakers money line minus 300. LeBron will be playing tonight. Didn't play the other night and AD went off. So it didn't matter. Now he's back in the lineup. LeBron is not going to let the Lakers lose to the Spurs. That's minus 300. Also, the Pacers are here in DC and they're taking on the Wizards who are garbage this season. The Pacers' money line is minus 375. So if you take Lakers' money line plus Pacers' money line, what do you end up with? Beep, boop, 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 boop. minus 145. If you want to add Sixers' money line to it, it's around minus 113, something like that. I feel like I know it's not smart to do these money line parlays, but you're talking about fading the two worst teams or two or three of the worst teams in the nba so i'm gonna do it
1: i don't think it's not smart to play parlays i'm just saying you're not getting much out of adding the sixers to the mix because i like the lakers yeah. and pacers one uh quite a bit i do think there is a narrative at play here that lebron knows that victor Wembanyama has been getting a lot of attention since he entered the league lebron feels like a petty player to me it feels like he is going to you know smush the Spurs under his foot and saying, nah, still my leg, Still this old man that's running the roost. Also, Wimby has been great on his rebounding prop as of late. Maybe look into that as well. Top of the hour is next here on The Daily Tip. We give you our six favorite plays in the NFL this week. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the Beck QL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.